This is Divorce and Done with Rob and Darren. You're listening to the Best Divorced Podcast. Rob and Darren, the Best Divorced Podcast. The Best Divorced Podcast. Welcome back to the Best Divorced Podcast, because we say it is. Darren Schmidt, I'm Rob Woodward. We're both divorce lawyers, helping folks move through their divorce process relatively quickly and efficiently. How you doing? We are simply the best. The best. We're the best. The best. This this was inspired by some chiropractors you know online, I think. If anyone knows Bob and Brad, the most famous physical therapists on the internet, in their <laughs> opinion, of course, they're awesome. They are two middle-aged guys from Wisconsin. They have a very charming, both of them, Wisconsin accent, and they've been doing YouTube videos together for years now i want to say at least five years and they do a video a day and it's the two of them working through a problem so pick a thing rotator cuff calf strain hip flexor tightness and they show you how to do some exercises at home and their mandate is part of their mandate is they want to help people at home who either can't afford to see a physical therapist because we all know healthcare funding in the U.S. is much different than in Canada. People that can't afford it or people that just can't get to one because maybe they live remotely or other things, right? So they sit down for 10 minutes, 12 minutes. These videos tend to be that long and they will go through these issues and they have a lot of fun doing it. And so like Bob and Brad, Rob and Darren, the best divorce podcast on the internet, in our opinion, of course, Rob. And part of being the best is getting the best listener feedback we can. Uh, listener questions, of course, come in two ways, by email and by voicemail. If you send us a voicemail, we'll probably get to your question a little sooner. Voicemail is speakpipe.com slash divorced and done. It's a, like a voice message machine. You don't have to leave your name or any details, but you can just talk into it and we'll play it. And as long as you say nice things about us or just get right into your question, we'll play it. If you say bad things, we won't play it. Uh, or emails. We got emails this week. The first question comes into us. The title of the question is but relocate. Before, before you move uh -oh. into the question, as you said, we are the best in our opinion. But we do have people at the beginning of this podcast now in that beautiful intro music that you made <laughs> yes. just saying, we are the best. Unqualified. The, the best. They were not. They were definitely, most certainly, almost not, probably forced to do that. <laughs> so we'll just put that caveat out there. But um, All right. On to the questions. <clears throat> onwards. Relocation from Newfoundland to Ontario with kids. Listener says, hello. Hello. I've been following your TikTok page and listening to your podcast. You, you guys are doing a great job. Of course, my divorce is messy, like most people out there. The biggest concern I have is relocating with our kids from Newfoundland to Ontario. I'm from Ontario, and I have a family and a job there. My husband works offshore in Newfoundland, presumably, on a, a four and a half weeks on, three and a half weeks off rotation, plus additional training on days off. So approximately he's home for five months out of the year. We currently have an interim parenting order. 
He has the kids from Friday evening to Monday morning when he's home from work. So approximately 12 days out of 60 days. I am and have always been the children's primary caregiver. Now that we are separated, I would like to move back to Ontario to have family support and help with the kids and work in order to support myself and the kids. My ex-husband has been the breadwinner for our entire marriage, which was an eight-year duration. The kids and I, and my ex-husband at times, have been visiting my parents in Ontario regularly, on average five to six times per year. My sister has also been living in our basement apartment for five years and has been very helpful with our kids, and she will also be moving back to Ontario. My mother-in-law also my mother-in-law lives in Newfoundland but is not involved with our kids. I gave my husband, my ex-husband, a notice of relocation for myself and the kids, and he objected. His argument is he believes it's better for the kids if they live in Newfoundland because it will be easier for him to see them and he will work towards having them more during his time off. He didn't offer to take them as the primary caregiver. Our case management hearing comes up in April, and my lawyer advised me we can apply for an interim relocation order after that. I have included in an affidavit that my ex-husband has been abusive. I left him in August once I discovered he has been uh, seeing escorts for our marriage uh, behind my back without my knowledge. He also spent uh, $81,000 on escorts throughout our marriage. After the separation, he sexually assaulted me while the kids were sleeping in our house. I have proof of all the allegations that I make. Um, the She gets into the details here about the capturing of uh, sexual assault audio and, and uh, other, I guess, corroboration towards the sexual assault claim. I'll leave out the details. Uh, listener asks, though, getting back to the core of the question, what are my chances of succeeding on an interim relocation order application. Can I say I will be moving regardless? There would be no one to take care of the children in Newfoundland, so why can't I just take them with me to Ontario? Um, Also in my originating application, this must be out of Newfoundland, uh, known as a commencement document or pleading, divorce proceeding, I filed for divorce noting adultery and cruelty on advice from my lawyer. Thank you for your time. Okay, Rob, lots of things going on in this question. Lots of details have been provided. Um, A difficult case in some respects, but at its core, the question is, what are we doing with these kids? And what would a relocation hearing look like on an interim basis, not a final, final hearing, but on an interim basis, once the listener completes a mandatory Uh, case management hearing in April. What may this look like for them? All told, uh, what do you think here? On this issue, I'm glad the listener has a lawyer assisting, and I'm glad she's filed some pleadings and that there's process in place. Uh, I'd suggest it's really important that you focus first and foremost on this relocation issue. The one hurdle I think you will have because we're not exactly clear how old your children are and whether they've spent the entirety of their lives in Newfoundland. Because the core of the test 
for relocation is not best interest of the parents. It's best interest of the children. And having a court opine on that immediately off the top through a case conference, which you have, is really important. And I'm glad that process has started. And with your lawyer, your lawyer can put in your best uh, legal position. And assuming dad here has a lawyer as well, they will do that. Uh, Assuming you don't get resolution at that case conference, going to an interim relocation hearing and assuming that in Newfoundland it's likely what happens here in Alberta, you will probably have at most a one-day viva voce hearing, which means an oral hearing, where probably both you and your ex will give some evidence on what the parenting time has looked like, what things are looking, planning potentially look like in the future, and how both of you will have parenting time going forward and maintain some consistency for the children. I don't want to address the abuse concerns immediately off the top uh, because that from the way the listener has written them sounds like that goes to the core of the listener and her ex their relationship and the issue about um, sex workers or ex work sex workers excuse me uh, or escorts uh, it's not clear that the children were exposed to that The biggest piece I'm seeing is dad only has parenting time 12 out of 60 days, given his offshore uh, work schedule in Newfoundland. And he hasn't cross-applied to say that he is ready to be primary parent. So as a part of relocation hearings, normally both parents are required to put in parenting plans and say, if I'm allowed to move, this is my plan. And this is how the opposing party that we're moving away from will still have substantially all or significant contact with the children. And 12 days out of 60 days, that's that's really a week and a half every two months, uh, how that could be fulfilled. Maybe it's more parenting time for dad in the summers or more time where he has enhanced time off of work. But I think the core piece that a court would be looking at is to say, if you move away from Newfoundland, uh, how can dad still be a parent? Uh, And uh, the other piece that you don't really address, but you do address abuse of you and these concerns about escorts, is he a safe parent when he's seeing the kids? Is he seeing the children unsupervised? Uh, Is that appropriate? So assuming those pieces are true, um, that he is an appropriate safe parent, he's been having those 12 days apart from you exclusively with the children, a court needs to be satisfied. How is he still going to have time with your children uh, if you do move? And more largely, how is that relocation to Ontario in the best interests of your children, not just in your best interests, potentially to find job or something else? Maybe it's uh, economically more in your interest to live in Ontario than Newfoundland. But, you know, your mom or excuse me, your mother-in-law still lives in Newfoundland, but she's not involved with the kids. How could potentially other family ties be impacted by the move? And all those pieces would need to be canvassed. But I imagine that will happen for you at your case management conference in April. Darren Schmidt. 
Wonderful analysis, Rob. As always, I would focus on a couple things here. Why do you want to move to Ontario and really be able to articulate that? Because if I'm a judge, I want to know without saying it this way, is this an attempt to get him out of your life because of the uh, violence that you've been subjected to? And um, I'm not 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 going to grant your relocation because of that. But what are you doing in Ontario? You say you have a job there. Is it different than what you're doing now? Is it a better job? I, I get that you have a broader family support system there and that from your perspective, um, your ex-husband and his mother, your ex-husband has little involvement with the children, 12 days out of 60, and his mother is the only family member that is referenced in this email, has no relationship with the children. But why do you want to move? What do you really want to move for? Do you actually have a better job? What does your job horizon look like if you get this new job? That's going to be, in my view, the critical piece to this. I also wanted to address the one portion of this question where it says, can't I just kind of move uh, anyway, what if I just move? Can I just say I will be moving regardless? And I, I, I will answer that anecdotally. I once acted for a fellow uh, on a relocation, interim relocation application. Uh, the ex-spouse just said, I'm moving. Here's my relocation notice. Uh, we objected. And then she just said, no, I'm moving. And without getting into the details, um, my, my client had a dark past and had spent some time in jail previously. And the child in this case was quite young. I want to say five to seven, somewhere in that range. And we had to bring an application on an urgent basis to prevent the child from leaving the jurisdiction. And the court granted it. And part of the argument from the ex's lawyer was, well, Darren's client's a really bad guy, and he's not really involved in the child's life. And it just wouldn't be in the child's best interest to prevent the child from moving, so can't we just move anyway? And the judge said, hold your horses. We don't, you don't just get to move till there's an order that says you can move. So the kid's not going till we have a hearing. And then they set a, a, a hearing a couple weeks later. Like we had a tight turnaround to get ready for, as you say, Rob, the Viva Voce hearing. Now, in that couple week period, we ended up resolving it on really on the eve of the hearing itself. And it was on a Monday. And I remember that was a very stressful weekend. So <clears throat> for me and likely my client and the other client and everyone involved. So don't just say you're moving because that's just stressful and a court will. I almost certainly say, no, you're not. Um, you're going to stay put and the child's going to stay put and until we can have the hearing. So set this up procedurally the right way. seems like you've done all the right things so far, but don't make the fatal misstep of just saying, hey, I bought the plane tickets and we're leaving and we're, we'll, we'll be in Toronto. If you want to see us, come on out there when you get off on your days off or wherever you are in Ontario. I, I just, I don't think that's a good thing to do. And I think your lawyer would likely share my view, but back to your point, Rob, it's good that you have a lawyer and that you're going to get specific legal advice on this issue. And we wish you well. It sounds like um, you have some, some work in front of you to get this all resolved. 
we wish you well. Okay, let's go to our second question. The title of the question is question. Okay. Hi, listener says, hello. I saw you're taking questions on TikTok, and I thought I'd send you a question about my situation. My ex was charged with sexual assault, and I was the complainant. Um, <clears throat> he also sexually assaulted another woman in the last six months. He has a restraining order uh, from me and our home address. My children live with me in our home. He is able to see them if he'd like, but would need to make arrangements through a third party, of course, because of this restraining order that's in place. He has not attempted to see them in almost seven months. He occasionally speaks to them on the phone. However, from my view, the discussion is often very negative and upsetting to our children. I just found out he has a new bench warrant out for his arrest for not showing up in court for one of his cases last week. My lawyer also had a hard time finding him to serve him our divorce papers, but he did receive them and now hasn't completed uh, a response. We have a court date set in April for this. In the meantime, he will have other court dates for his criminal charges. I live in London, Ontario, and found out he moved to a, a different city an hour away to Waterloo, Ontario. With all this being said, my question is, can I move to a different city to be closer to family with my children, or would this be considered abduction? My life is on hold, and I have no family where I currently live. My children have asked if we can move there as well. I'm at a loss, and I feel if I move, he may ask for or seek a motion to have the court order removed and um, to have me and the children brought back home. My intention is to keep paying the bills and mortgage while I'm away until all this is settled and keep everything in good standing and keep our home in case I need to come back. I should also mention he does not pay for any of our bills pertaining to the house that we own for seven months. Um, do you think I can move with my kids or will, it be, I, will I be putting myself in trouble with the law? Uh, your thoughts are appreciated. Okay, well, thanks for the question, and I guess it's our second question this week on relocation. You might have gleaned from the first question what we may think on this question, but I'll turn it to you, Rob. Do you have any new thoughts on this particular question? Uh, no, particularly because coincidentally, uh, you just answered all of this with your anecdotal piece about your client uh, who had some criminal charges and pieces ongoing. I think... The interesting piece uh, for this individual, he wasn't initially responding to court pieces, but now he is uh, and has a court. There is a court date upcoming and we don't know what that court date is for on the family matter, whether it's for an application for something substantive or a without prejudice case conference. Uh, the other piece is she lives in uh, one city in Ontario and found out that he's now moved an hour away. Uh, and if he hasn't had access to the children sounds like there's really been nothing he's not really interested in speaking to them on the phone only occasionally speaks to them i think the one piece i strip all of this back darren she says her intention is to keep paying all the bills and mortgage while i'm away i'm actually going to make this financial and nothing about really parenting or anything else 
So you're going to carry the cost of the matrimonial home that you'll have to, de- assuming you uh, you own it and you own it together, that you'll have to deal with in the course of your divorce. He's not paying you any support or anything else right now. If he's working, we don't know. My concern is, regardless of moving where she wants to move or what she thinks she's going to do, is carrying the cost of either rent or uh, somewhere new to live in addition to carrying the expenses of the matrimonial home. Uh, that, to me, just doesn't really make sense. So I'm, I'm more concerned for your larger divorced and done issues, dealing with property, dealing with support, particularly because you're both not living in the same city anymore. I think your house will need to be sold eventually if you're not going to carry it or you want to sell it. You probably have some debt issues, some other things to deal with. He'll probably have some support obligations to you with the children exclusively in your care. At the end of the day, if you want to move and that makes sense, he's not living in the same city. You want to be somewhere else and maybe the distance is sort of similar to where he's living now. I don't really see that so much as a relocation issue. Because on the facts we've received, the court would allow that relocation just for the listener financially and what the situation is. As you said in our last question, Darren, why do you want to move? And with the other issues that she has to deal with here, uh, um, relocation may occur eventually because it makes no sense if dad's not in the same city having parenting time, they're not engaged with those pieces. Sure, she may be able to move, but is that the best thing for her right now? I'm just not clear on that piece. Yeah, so don't be so fixated on the move. Exactly. That you lose sight pieces. of the... Uh, of Totally. You don't financially ruin yourself because you're so fixated on the move. I get why you want to move, and this may be a from a broader strategy standpoint, maybe you want to do two things. You want to get an order to permit your relocation to wherever you want to go, setting out very clearly why you want to move there. But concurrently, you also want an order to list the house for sale and to have the sale proceeds held in trust pending an agreement between you and your ex or further court order. Because Robbie raised a really good point. Let's not just have a house sitting there empty or trying to rent it and we're dealing with restraining orders against our ex-spouse and really a plethora of other stuff all at once. I don't know the move is going to solve all of this because he's not in your life right now. He can't be because of the restraining order. You want to move. Why do you want to move? But more broadly, is it time to get rid of that house? And we almost universally tell people on this podcast and clients, unless there's a really good reason to try and keep the house, let's sell the house. I don't care what what you think the market might do, and maybe you think you have a crystal ball, no, let's hold off for six months. Uh, Let's get moving on that. And I'm thinking possibly a, a good thing to think about here is not just moving, what are we doing with that house? Let's get that house up for sale, probably is the answer. Instead of a vacant house, because insurance companies don't like vacant houses, that's for sure. And then you're going to have to think about renting it or having a house sitter or someone. Enough, enough juggling, uh, enough, enough balls. We don't in need the air. to add more moving pieces to something that's already a less than ideal situation. No, let's make things simpler. Let's be divorced and done. Let's not, let's not perpetuate litigation. Anyway, we wish you well. Thanks for the question. 
Let's do our uh, third and final question this week. Question title is Getting Therapy for My Child. Listener says, my ex and I have been separated for six years and finally have finalized our divorce this past December 2022. Holy smokes. We, we should pause right there. You and I should have like a confetti cannon or something like your season one cowbell. I want, and you and I have talked about this before, I would love if we could have listeners come on this podcast and scream, I'm divorced and done. Everyone getting to the divorce Doors process. open getting to the end of this like you know what maybe, maybe it'll just speak pipe if you want to send us a speak pipe because your divorce is done and just scream and confetti and all those pieces we'll play it it's a big yeah deal. we're we we can do that that's fine we want you to do that any og listeners may remember the cowbell that our mics didn't pick up very well <laughs> and we let go it's been a process it's almost been two years of this thing we've almost been chatting with you folks for two years. That's how much fun we're having. Hope your divorces are done in two years. <laughs> or six, however long it takes. Divorced and it's done. It's true. All right, back, back to the question. Been separated six years and got divorced in December 2022. Separation was tumultuous and tense. I have tried my best to be agreeable, agreeable and not stir the pot, so to speak, but he tends to be more confrontational. We share one son together who is now 10 he has ADHD and autism. He struggles with the transition be between homes, and we share 50-50 equal parenting time. On the night before he goes to his dad's, he is very emotional and does not want to go, and recently started having problems at school and is getting into fights with other kids. I have asked his dad if he can go to therapy, but he's refusing to agree and will not allow him to go to therapy. I have been uh, asking now for a couple of years, and my ex has just continually said no. We both have insurance coverage, so financially this isn't an issue. I'm just really worried about my son and strongly feel he would benefit from therapy, but I don't know what my next steps should be. Okay, this is a really great question, and we thank you for sending it. Rob, uh, what should this listener be thinking about in terms of getting counseling or therapy for her 10-year-old son? So I want this listener to build on the positive. So you, we don't know the particulars, but she finalized the divorce in December. And let's assume that's dealing with all issues, including parenting time, because you're in a shared parenting structure. You dealt with all your property, everything else. You likely have a separation agreement because you've been split up for six years dealing with all of your issues. And there should be some terms in there on parenting time. At best, it's fairly extensive. Given you're asking this question, I'm going to imagine your parenting terms are probably fairly thin in that agreement, other than to say you're going to share parenting on a week-on, week-off basis. We know from our courts, when they order shared parenting, there needs to be a level of cooperation and communication between the parties. And depending on the severity of your son's diagnosis with ADHD and autism, because he has special needs, that will require more communication between the two of you, not less. Because there are going to be transition issues and ongoing issues at school that aren't just going to stop and be an issue during one parent's parenting time and then not be an issue the next week during the other parent's parenting time. So it's going to require more of both of you to be parents together to successfully parent your child. 
And I would suggest, even though you've talked about therapy for a couple years, what is the resistance? Uh, I know from experience uh, in these sorts of situations, if your child is not formally diagnosed and you're of the view your child has ADHD and is autistic, it may be the other parent saying, I don't believe in these things or I don't believe this has happened. So the biggest piece for you, I would think, make sure your son has a formal diagnosis. But more than that, if dad is resistant uh, or if he doesn't have a diagnosis because dads refuse to even do the testing, the two of you need to have that conversation about why this is important or why not. And if you can't get past those pieces and you sincerely do believe your son has these special needs and does need uh, continue ther- continuing therapy, counseling, or other care, it may be an issue down the road that you do need to make a court application to have that either that decision-making for you or just to have your child ordered to those pieces. But because you've come through your divorce, because you're divorced and done, and you are sharing parenting equally, I hope the two of you can reach that piece agreeably for the best interest of your child. What do you think, Darren? I think to maybe address this, I don't want to say more simply, but maybe more directly. Why would it not be in a child's best interest to get therapy? Like what, really, if you strip it back and you just think about it, I would think your ex would have a pretty high burden here, onus, to show why. Like, why why would we not want to do that in the era, 2023, the era we live in? um, And I'm not giving a legal test here. The legal test, of course, is, is it in your child's best interests? If it meets your child's best interests as a medical procedure, a therapy process, whatever you want to call it, a a judge would likely order it because the cost is not an issue because it's going to be covered by benefits. So we don't want to go in front of a judge. I agree with Rob. Put it squarely to to your ex. Can you tell me why it wouldn't be in our child's best interest to get therapy? And if he, unless he has a really good answer there, I, I think then you're just barreling towards asking a judge to make the order. And I have a hard time on the facts you've given me to understand why a court wouldn't order that. I could be wrong. Like I, I'm, I'm wrong often. There could be more nuance to this. Maybe maybe the therapy is more disruptive to this child uh, than it's beneficial. And uh, your ex gets some doctor to opine on that. That just becomes a big kerfuffle. I have no idea. But knowing what we know, what's the harm? Why not? Put it, roll the ball into your ex's court, ask the question. If he says no, then either you're going to do one of two things. You're going to do nothing and continue to live the way you live. Or you're going to ask a third party to make an order, i.e. a judge, to get your child into counseling. So I hope it doesn't go that way. I hope you're able to not convince, but come to consensus with your ex on the fact that therapy in all likelihood is in your child's best interest. So let's get the appointment booked and let's get the ball rolling on counseling or therapy because uh, it's probably a good thing knowing what we know. So we wish you well. 
Great thoughts, Darren Schmidt, and thank you for all the questions we received this week. As always, any more questions via email, lawyers talking about divorce at gmail.com or speakpipe.com slash divorced and done. I'm Rob Woodward, joined by Darren Schmidt. We look forward to being with you again. sucks, but at least it only costs 20 bucks. 2020, 2020 dollar divorce. Let's get a 2020, 2020 dollar divorce. We can save money and split our stuff. We'll both pitch in 10 bucks. I saw this ad on the side of a truck and it, it seems totally legit, right? Like, no, no, man. We, we can trust a truck ad for legal advice, it's, right? It's, it's like, no like red flags here. Let's get a 2020, 2020 dollar divorce. Let's get a 2020, 2020 dollar divorce. Let's get a 2020, 2020 dollar divorce. Let's get a 2020, 2020 dollar divorce.